vision and graft, a creative's career and mental well-being companion. Hey, welcome to Vision and Graft. I'm Richard William Preisner. You're listening to episode four, and I've got a great episode for you today. Firstly, before I get on with the episode, thank you to everyone who left me a review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a big difference to the podcast being discovered, and I'm really appreciative of that. Also, thanks to those who've shared their feedback with me. Keep it coming. Uh, I want to keep improving, so I'm always happy to hear that. Today, my guest is Deandra Ferreira. She's a hair and makeup designer based in the UK, and she's really in demand. She's bouncing from feature film to feature film as we speak, and she's also a good mate and one of the coolest people I've ever seen on set. Deandra's worked on a number of feature films, including After Love, Blue Story, Perfect Ten, Zero, and the feature film that I shot, Trendy. Outside of drama, she's also worked on many music promos and commercials. Deandra and I have always shared work stories and her wisdom has been a great help for me when I've had to deal with challenging moments at work. Deandra kindly shares her experiences and knowledge and this is definitely one for any aspiring makeup artists, HODs and filmmakers. She gives her tips for jumping over some of the hurdles that makeup artists are faced with and that translates very well to any creators that are put in similar situations. She's a lovely person, is insanely talented, and I'm fortunate to be able to count her as one of my mates. We start the conversation discussing our career motivations and go on to chat about working together on Trendy, directed by Louis Laguerre. I asked Deandra about respect in the workplace and her experiences as a designer on set. We then move on to discuss working for free as a creative and whether it's the right thing to do as you progress through your career. My favourite part is when Deandra shares us wisdom and a few stories on trusting your gut. We discuss how vital communication is when being approached or approaching others for work and the difficulties that freelancers face with work security and managing the unknown. Finally, we discuss being adaptable as creatives and adjusting our expectations through our careers for continued contentment. So without further ado, let's jump in. I thought I'd jump straight in with a bit of a random question. I was reading an article this morning in Forbes, and it's, it was talking about the difference between a job, a calling, and a career. And it defined a job as being uh, something that provides you with pay, benefits, and perhaps some social perks. It's primarily about earning that paycheck and living life outside of work. A career is something that you do for yourself, unlike a job. Career professionals are also working for the paycheck, but they're more driven to seek out opportunities for advancement in the workplace. Those who've experienced their work as a calling are more likely to feel a deep alignment between their vocation and who they are as a person. They feel a personal and emotional connection to their work. Now, how would you define yourself in one of those three categories? I think I would put myself somewhere in between a career and a calling. I don't know... I don't I think the word calling is a bit like godlike for me so I don't maybe that's why I don't want to say the calling but yeah definitely definitely more than a job definitely more than just a paycheck um I think with any creative any person working in the creative industry you put a lot of effort into your into your work and it's it, it's a bit more intertwined with your personal life and your personal experiences so I'd definitely say more in the um, career calling area. I know that we both share that having a 
fairly emotional connection to our work. And like you say, it's a it's a necessity as an artist to or to pursue anything artistic to have an emotional connection with your work. I can't have too many barriers between myself and um, and the work I'm trying to do if I want to do something that's um, that's that's true and honest. So I really have to let those down and let myself become very emotionally involved in it. For me, hair and makeup was not particularly a thing that I thought about doing growing up or anything. Actually, I just I got into film in my early twenties and in and I just started doing makeup when I was 25 so but at the same time I was always a very creative person so I would always be doing something creative I would be writing or I would be like making little sculptures when I was a kid and like even like playing with dolls and creating those stories so I think that's where I'm in my job role now um I wouldn't say necessarily a calling, but the creative side of it, definitely me being a creative person is definitely a calling. I don't think I could do something work-wise that wasn't related to some to creativity or that I couldn't express my creativity. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's like it's almost like it's a complete necessity now. Whenever I've even remotely considered the idea of something else I, I would I could do in my life, it I can't imagine a life where I'm not doing something creative it would you know I, I wouldn't fulfill me properly now and I'd probably not be good in it in those settings because it would make me miserable you know I wouldn't be a happy person you and I met on a short film called the finest red um I can't remember how many years ago was it about six years ago or maybe more um five five years ago five okay well yeah it's kind of spread out over quite a while that film um and um (laughs) yeah we met there and obviously you you're you're a makeup artist and i was shooting it and um you know we've become good friends since then we've worked on a few different projects together um but we we've obviously worked in different departments and for me like having friends like yourself who don't work in camera or lighting or something specifically related to um, my job as a cinematographer, but in the same sort of sphere, having friends like yourself has been like really important for me to, to have a sounding board for some of the issues that I've faced during my career, whether it be career issues or personal issues or mental health issues. And I just wanted to ask you about how important um, developing those sorts of friendships with people outside your direct working sphere is to you and what sort of role those people play in your life yeah i think it's very important because even though you're not necessarily in the same path or in the same department you do face similar um struggles or accomplishments uh we're all trying to find our way into our careers and we don't have a set uh a specific like if you're working in an office that you'd have those steps to get to whatever goal you want we don't have anything written down that this is the way to do so it's very important for me to have people that can understand and relate um to that because then you feel less alone if you're struggling with something um if you're not sure about a decision that you're making you can talk to those people and 
most times they would have gone through something similar or they earlier in their career in their careers or they are going through something similar and then you can bounce off each other and find solutions I think it helps me to gain a little bit of perspective having outside um outside thoughts on issues that maybe not necessarily what I was expecting you could compare our career trajectories you know in some ways but in in other ways they're actually very different so where we do meet the combination of those differences with the similarities kind of creates some really interesting conversation and it, you know it's it's helped inform me in terms of like what you know what directions I should be pursuing who should I be contacting what maybe I should be thinking about how to deal with different issues and it's great to have those that support network I think this kind of nicely goes straight into talking about the the biggest project we've worked on together, which was mine on your um, first feature film, Trendy, which is directed by Louis Laguerre. That was like four years ago, was it? Yeah. Yes. You'll know better than me. My, I'm terrible with dates. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I think, yeah, that was 2016. And then we did pickups a year later as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. Which was which was a good <laughs> amount of time to uh, get back into the swing of things um, and recover. Trendy was a very stressful experience because being the first film um, designing and having a team and having lots of characters, we had lots of locations. We were working with a limited budget. Um, you still, and I didn't, I, I didn't go through, uh, your standard career path of being a trainee and junior and move up the ladder. So I was still trying to find, figure things out on being a head of department and also trying to do the best job I could. Um, and I think I was, I just got a little bit overwhelmed with stress um just trying to make everything look perfect and be perfect and just i think those six weeks of the main photography that we had i didn't have a single day or a single time that i was just enjoying myself or going out for a meal with my friends i think i was completely immersed in in that experience and even on our days off I would still be working non-stop and I think that is something that I learned is that you need you need a balance so even of course when you're on a job that takes a big chunk of your time because we do very long days and um it is a very demand job but I think that what I learned is that I also need to give myself um, some time for fun and enjoyment and taking my mind off work a little bit. And I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm not going to be able to control everything. I am not, I'm going to do the best of my ability, the best job that I can do. But sometimes things are going to not go the way that I expected expected them to and I learned that I can't let that affect me that much um which it did on that job um but yeah that, I think that that was my main 
the main lesson that I got from that is that I can't control everything. And when things don't go the way that I was expecting them to, I just have to learn to accept it and move on from that. Yeah, I think I went through a similar sort of process from like week one to I think the sixth or seventh week when we finished learning to accept that things are always going to go the way you want them to be. But then also you can kind of like plan for that in a way. Give myself some alternatives. Don't get so locked in an idea that like if it doesn't go the way I want it to, then um, then I'll, I'll be frustrated. But I do remember a day because I remember like didn't have much time to light. Um, and I remember there's a couple of times where we did have a bit of time to light and the differences that I felt that I, I got in my work uh, to have that time. Yeah. And I think you also, you learn, you learn to pick your battles, I think. Um, you know, and, and, that, and that only comes with experience. And every job that I do, I learn more and more. And I learn to be like, okay, this, this thing that I want to do, it, I know it's going to be worth and I know I need the time to do that. And then sometimes you're like, okay, fine. I can, I can live with doing this in a different way that I wasn't particularly expecting to do it, but I know that the result is going to be, it's going to be a good result. So it's just like learning that you can't win at everything and what, and, but that, yeah, again, that comes with experience um, and trusting as well, I think. <laughs> One thing on Trendy that I noticed was mining your collaboration and how important that was on like a friendship level and a support level, as well as as a professional level, having you around on set, someone that I'd already worked with before, someone that I could kind of riff off, someone who could also help me really solve problems. That's another thing that I learned. Lighting issues that could arise. I could turn to the makeup um, team and beg them for help sometimes when I just didn't have the resources to to solve a certain problem. You know, I found it like a very important part of working on that film, having you there. And there's, you know, Louis, the director in the same vein, like he's one of, one of my good friends too. And it's like having those people there. And um, how did you find that on Trendy? Was that like, does that help you during that first experience? Being in the makeup department and starting out, you go to sets that people don't really understand what you're doing or that they don't see the value of uh, your work. It's, it was nice to have that. I wasn't scared to come to you or to come to Ben uh, or anyone in your department or in the lighting department that would be, that I could come to you and say, oh, maybe oh, today that, um, that person's skin is not looking that great. We did the best we could. Can, is there anything that you could could do with the lighting the lighting that would help us so i had that um i had the trust and i had i was comfortable to come to you and ask for things and ask for opinions and i was i wasn't worried that i was going to be either like judged or anything things that you learn over the years to be more confident in so now i would even if i don't have a a, a friendship relationship with someone that I'm working with I would have the confidence to come to them and say like oh this this does look very nice or I'm not happy with this can there's is there anything that you could do to help us but at that time I think that was a crucial thing for me uh to have the the personal relationship um help me gain the confidence to to on my professional relationships as well. 
you kind of touched on there as well. Um, respect. You would come to me or I would come to you. We had that respect of each other and respect for each other's jobs. Me and you once did a day where you taught me sort of the basics of um, what you do as a makeup artist and what tools you might use just so I could understand from a DP's perspective, you know, how you use those tools a little bit and what your approach might be to the order and, and not just kind of imagining you're just using one tool to solve shiny things and that, that's it. And I was just kind of wondering, like, with, that, with all that in mind, what your thoughts on dealing with sort of respect at work? It does, it does get better when, um, with experience, not only your experience, but with the experience that with, uh, of the people that you're working with, because I find that, especially in the makeup department, and, um, and I can say that in the costume department, because that's something that I've seen, sometimes people don't really understand what we do and why, especially people do, who don't have a lot of experience, and the, just the thought process of what we do is not just coming in and applying the makeup. Everything is thought of. We, we go through a whole uh, prep process and creating characters and everything. So sometimes when you're working with more inexperienced people, their lack of understanding can come across a little bit as a lack of respect towards you. And I definitely felt that. So it's how can you... Um, explain to people what you do and gain their respect in that way so I have struggled with that of being like oh my god no one respect us people don't think our job is important or people don't think our job is worth the time that it actually needs to create what we what we want to create or doing tests is not important it's definitely something that with experience if there is a specific makeup that I want to test beforehand or not coming in straight on the day that we need that makeup and coming in in the morning and having half an hour to do something now I know when to ask for the time that I need if I need more time to establish a character now I know how to ask for it and when to ask for it and also just explaining to people why this certain thing is important, why we need more time. When you know people in a friendship level that are in different departments, you can have honest chats outside of work about, so what do you do and can you explain it to me? And you get a little bit more understanding of what everyone is doing because we're all working on the same project. We all want um, that to be the best uh, film that it could be so we're not working against each other we should be working together so how can we do that um, as a whole as a collective when you're making a film when I asked you um, if you would kind of give me a little run through of what you do and you spent an afternoon doing that that was kind of born out of me kind of feeling frustrated at, at seeing what you do and knowing that it relates to what I do and not knowing how the two things relate and it was like I've seen other people be dismissive, almost like this is my world and my sphere and that's your world and your sphere. And in my mind, I was like, I need to know a bit about that so that I can try and create this like pathway between us because I know that we can like scratch each other's backs and make, make each other's work like better and elevate it. Spending that, those few hours with you at the time was like, fair enough, I can't take walk away and, and work as a makeup artist. That wasn't my aim. I, I gained more of a respect for what you do because I understand, understood the levels of 
detail and the, and the uh, complications and the sort of knowledge that you have to have to do your job was like vast. And I was like, wow. I was doing a film once and on the first day, and we did, we did the makeup test and stuff, but we didn't do a camera test. Um, so we were all very happy with the look. And then when we got set, I just look at the monitor and I was like, oh, that actor's skin looks really red. And then I went to set and I looked at her and I was like, well, she, but she doesn't look, when I look at her, it doesn't look red. But when I look at the monitor, it looks red. And then I just approached the, um, the DOP and I said, I'm getting this. I don't know if it's the setting on the monitors, what's going on. And then we talked about how it's just, it was this, the, the way that he was filming it, it just kind of made her skin look a little bit more on the red side. So what we did is we counteracted that with a foundation that was a little bit more yellow to just knock that that back. But if we didn't have that conversation, I would probably spend a lot of time trying to figure out what it was or just thinking that the monitor had a, a weird setting. And, and and it's those conversations that need to happen. Um, under Me understanding your work and you understanding my work at the end of the day, we're all creating one thing. So how can we together create the best thing we can? Have freebies been kind of important to you and your progression? And what are you sort of view on uh, doing work for free? Or, you know, how was, what was your view when you first started out? And what's your view now? And um, how's it developed? I think, I think, yes, they are important. I think, especially when you're in training or just come out of training, doing things for free in a sense of all of those people that are working together are working on a creative project, not a work for free in a, this is a commercial product and you work and you're giving that time for free. I, that is not something that I, um, think it should be done even if it's a creative project but it is with commercial purposes you should be getting paid 100% but again uh, freebies in the beginning of your career testing things out um, I think it's important because that's when you can make mistakes and learn from it um, you can try different things you can try different techniques you can try um, different makeup different hairdos you can practice and also you start building your network because the the people that are doing the creative jobs with you in the beginning of your career those people might be the people that you're going to work with later on in the game in bigger projects nowadays i don't do freebies anymore unless it's a specific thing that i want to try doing or if it's someone that I have worked with before and we're testing something out. When I was training, there was a film school uh, next to the um, makeup school that I was training. So that was amazing because we would just do all the uh, student films, we as students, them with as students as well. So I think that is a great way of practicing and just getting your head in the game, especially in the beginning of your career try to practice as much as you can. I've done quite a few freebies and I found that like as 
time went on with certain with certain people that I work with sort of led sometimes to a precedent of expecting things of you that were maybe a little bit unreasonable as you were sort of moving through your career first you always have to think um what when you're doing a freebie what are you going to get out of that because you're not going to get paid you're not going to get the financial um part of it so what are you getting out of it are you getting more experience are you getting more contacts or you get what are you getting if people then expect that from now on because you did that one collaborative job you're just going to do collaborative jobs from there i think it comes to you just just say no and i think that is something that sometimes we we struggle with uh but that's something that i definitely learned that okay fine i did that one project because i i had something that i could take out of it either by practice or meeting people or whatever but from this other job that now you want me to do for free i'm not going to get anything out of it so I'm not I'm sorry I'm not going to do it. And I I've said that a lot of times to people like sorry I would love to work with you again but I am not currently taking freebies. It's very hard when you're starting out because you have that idea of like if I say no I'm never going to get hired again that person's never going to work with me again. I don't agree with that and and if that person is not going to work with you again because you said no then maybe you shouldn't be working with that person to begin with you have to trust your gut i think that's one big thing in life is if something in your body says that it's not right then it's probably not right and if something in your body says that it's right it's probably right so it's it's learning how to tune in with yourself and 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 think if you're going to get anything out of it or not And again, if it is a commercial thing, if it is like a, a feature that is going to come come out and blah blah, blah no work for free. <laughs> I find sometimes I'm offered work, and it's paid or otherwise, and I get given such little information about what's going to happen. It's just sort of, are you free? you know i'd like to know a little bit more about what i'm signing up for it you know just because i'm free it doesn't mean i want to do it <laughs> yeah i want to do it regardless of whether there's money yeah. involved we need to be being approached with enough respect so that someone at least tell you what you're going to do and um and what the idea is that it's not just are you free because you know my availability does not mean i'm interested in doing a thing or it'll match with what i'm trying to do yeah and also even if you think sometimes like maybe you have a birthday to attend or something and you're not particularly free on that day but if it's an amazing project and you're really inspired by it you might shift your schedule around and so it's not just the being available it's like what are you suggesting what is your project i want to know more about it and then i can make an informed decision if i want to do it or not be it money or no money yeah i mean i have people asking me sometimes to pencil in in dates with nothing but can you pencil these dates and i'm like 
what it was it for? Like, am I going to, I mean, am I even going to be working as a DP? Like, I need, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I'm like, what's your perception of what you're hiring me to do here? It is very bizarre that if you're going to involve their time in responding to you and, and considering what you're, you're offering, you need to give them something. You know, you need to, need to try and interest them in it. Especially if it's something that is like a creative thing, then, you know, I think that very first communication that you have with someone sort of sets the precedent of what's going to happen in the rest of the job, I always find. And it's really important when you do reach out to people that you give people that information. I mean, whenever I've tried to do that with you, whenever we've done sort of collaborations, I try and flood you, I probably flood you with too much, but like I try and give you as much information as I can. I personally like that. The more information I have, the better. I have a perception of what I'm asking you to do, so it seems foolish for me to not ask you that, you know? Yeah, exactly. And also, I think sometimes they have an idea and they are really passionate about that idea, and that idea is their world for how long it took them to develop. And they forget that if you don't, if you don't share that passion or that idea with me, I am not going to, it's, I can't relate to it because it's not my project. So you need to inspire me to fall in love with your project as much as you are in love with your project for me to actually want to do, to do it. Um, and sometimes it might be like an amazing script, but sometimes it's just that people are so attached to their own ideas that, in their head it's like this is amazing but they can't express and and bring people in and to share that idea with them for the benefit of whatever you're working on it's necessary for them to be able to do that if they if they don't have that ability like not only is it frustrating for us personally that you don't feel like involved in the thing that you're going for but just if you if that's the sort of situation that all people who are working on a film project are uh, experiencing when you put everyone together to work that lack of understanding that lack of effort to allow people into that world to understand that that i feel like that's just ne inevitably going to impact on the quality of the work because people aren't going to be being cohesive in the way they're thinking i think if there are situations where it is a bit difficult to get into it that's where having the sort of relationship that we have comes in useful because we can share our interpretations of things and there are ways around investigating further and um, uh, interrogating work further. When you're on a film, sometimes you don't, you don't need to, everything doesn't need to go through the director because they have already a lot of things in their hands. And then sometimes if I have a question or some problem that I need to solve, I don't necessarily need to go straight to the director. I can work things out with the departments that are involved and that person won't even know that there was an issue to begin with um so i think yeah developing those those work relationships in all the departments and not live your life in your own department is very beneficial for the whole project wherever you're working We've talked before about the idea of like a hundred or a thousand mile an hour thinking, you know, like an, and, and that need to keep growing and growing and growing and the sort of increasing pressure that we can put on ourselves. FOMO being part of this as well, but kind of like that increasing pressure to succeed and grow. And I was just kind of wondering about your thoughts on a hundred mile an hour thinking and anything you've sort of done to step back from that or deal with that or, or manage that. 
It's a tricky one because I don't even know if I managed to manage it that well. Uh, I am an extremely anxious person. I suffer from anxiety uh, and that sometimes can be a bit overwhelming and and I get stuck in that um, cycle of thoughts of, it can be anything. I think um, being freelance and just going from one project to another, you don't have that sense of security to begin with. So sometimes you finish a job and you don't know when you're going to work again. And then sometimes you can get stuck in that thought like, when am I going to work again? Am I ever going to work again? (laughs) And then it's, it's a constant work on talking to yourself and uh, and also having friends that have gone through this being like, I didn't have a job for one month or two months or three months. And now I have this amazing job that I'm going to work on it for six months. And then again, so it's an endless cycle of working and not working and working and not working. Things do come um jobs will come obviously you're not it's not like I'm sitting here waiting for something to drop uh from the sky I do the work I keep in touch with people I keep when you're not working updating your skills doing courses or practicing do you find that that stops things racing around your head like the ideas that when you're not working that you're not working and other people are we are in an era of uh internet and social media and everything and what people put forward and put and expose online is not necessarily the reality um people tend to just showcase the the good times and when they're working and the the good things that are happening in their lives and not necessarily showcase when the the lows uh, so you forget that everyone goes through this. It's not like everyone is in a constant high because that is not life. Uh, it's life is high and lows. And for myself, I, I just have to keep reminding myself that when I'm working, I do tend to share more uh, because I have something going on. And then I'm, I'm like, in my case, my Instagram has a lot of it's mainly work stuff. So, oh, if a film just came out or if a film just got in a festival, I will post about it. And But I don't post uh, when I'm at home uh, in winter with nothing, no work. I just, so I have to remember that other people do that same thing and other people might be going through the same thing, but they're not necessarily sharing. I am very lucky that I have very good friends that can remind you of that when you can't remind yourself of that. Uh, when I come come and say, oh my God, I'm never going to work again. They're like, stop, you are going to work again. You said the exact same thing last year. Things are going to happen. Rome wasn't built in a day. We, we can't expect our career to like jump, 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 jump. You hear these wild stories about these one in a million people where that's happened and to compare yourself to those people who may have found that path through for a mixture of luck and fallen on their feet as well as being insanely talented. You don't know exactly how people get to where they go. 
just at the beginning of this year, um, one of my friends who's a, a producer said to me, a DP's kind of prime is from their like, you know, 40s to 50s onwards. And for me, he was like, what you really should be doing right now is trying to do everything within your power to to grow for that moment. But don't stress yourself out about being that right now. Think about my long-term plan. Don't just think about, I need to be at the level of that DP who I've seen on Instagram and I need to be there next week because I'm just not going to be there. And also it's irrational to compare because essentially if you want to see it as an art, like they've got a completely different cultural background to me, a completely different artistic background to me. I'm never going to be the same of them. They haven't had the same upbringing as me. They don't have the same references as me. You know, like everything that makes me an artist is my life up to now and it's the same for them. It's super important for my mental health to make sure that I constantly work on calming down that thinking and I think the, one of the main things to start with is just noticing that I'm doing it this isn't normal that I'm doing this and and I shouldn't I'm beating myself up a bit expecting too much too soon yeah and also I think learning to adjust your expectations as well because in maybe five years ago you had one idea of what you wanted to do or how you wanted your career to progress and then it just happened that it didn't go the way that you were necessarily planning we can't control everything um i might have had one idea when i moved here of how i wanted my career to be but it just happened that i did the projects that i did and projects led to another project and led to another project so you can't control that you don't know what's going to come your way so I have no idea of in 10 years time where I'm going to be in my career but I have a rough idea of what I would like to or where I would like to be if somehow my career my path takes me in a in a different direction I'm just going to be like okay let's see let's see where we go from there and and that comes from um, upbring, upbringing and society, and that you have that when you're a kid, or or what you're gonna what you're gonna be when you grow up. I don't know. Like I'm five years old. What am I supposed to know? Uh, or just like choosing a university or to go to university or not. It's kind of like it's the idea of putting a stamp on. Oh, so now you're this or now you're that, and then that's the only thing that you could be. Um, when, when you see that that it's not true, you have people changing career, completely changing careers in their 40s, in their 50s, and being very successful and, very in, and feeling fulfilled in life. Yeah, just keep that constant reminder that we are still in the beginning of our careers. We're still in the beginning of our life. We're very young. Uh, we're not, we're sometimes like, oh my God, I'm getting old. I'm on my thirties, but oh my God, there's how many years in front of us that we still have to live. But that's the thing. It's hard because you keep, especially with the, with the internet that you look and you're like, oh my God, that person is younger than me. And they're doing these amazing things, but that's not you. That's not your journey. And everyone has their own journey and is learning to just go with your flow.
So there we have it. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Deandra. Be sure to check out her work and I've put her website in the show notes at visiongraph.com so you can have a perusal at your leisure. If you liked today's episode, then don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts, as well as all podcast platforms worldwide, I think. Just search for Vision and Graft in your podcast app and click subscribe at the top of the screen. As I mentioned at the start, Apple Podcast reviews really help the podcast to grow. So if you have a minute, please head over there and leave a review. It's really easy to do. You can get in touch and follow me at Vision Graft on Instagram and Twitter. There I share extra thoughts and content to support creative well-being and development throughout the week. Please continue to share the content on your Instagram stories as well, as it's helping me to grow. And thank you to all of those who continue to do this. You'll find show notes and all past episodes at visiongraft.com. Let's keep talking and reaching out to our networks and communities for assistance and opinions. I've been doing that with Deandra for years and it's super helpful when managing tough points at work. I heard the other day that sharing problems and working on them as a community is scientifically proven to reduce anxiety related to those problems, so I can't think of a better way to improve our mental well-being than working on our problems as a team. After all, I always love to help a mate in need, it makes me feel good too. If you think that Vision and Graph could be beneficial to your friends or family, then please do share it with them by sending over a link to the website visiongraph.com. Thank you for listening to Vision and Graft, a creative's career and mental well-being companion. If talking's the cure, then creativity's the recovery. Take care. Find us online at visiongraft.com or on Instagram and Twitter at visiongraft.com.